what are people feeling? Again, what's the now feeling and what's the future feeling? And really kind of channel in on that because again, that's what people want to buy. They want to get from where they are now to the future feeling. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. I am super duper excited for today's guest because our guest today is Casey Anton, the founder of Spark Business Consulting and the author of Profit First for Restaurants, which came out today, June 27th, 2023, and is available where all fine books are sold. So pick up your copy. A fellow Mastery Certified Profit First professional, Casey specializes in helping small business owners from across a variety of industries start and maintain success growth while developing sustainable financial habits by doing profit first right. Her mission is to help clients and audiences, small and large, master their numbers and their business model, fall in love with their business and build the company of their dreams. Welcome to Profit First Nation, my dear friend, Casey Anton. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, anything for you. I'm so excited about this book. I know it's been a long time in the making. Um, and we'll get to that, uh, sort of towards the later part of the episode because we have some special stuff in store with regards to, to profit first for restaurants. But, um, you know, first and foremost, you are a business consultant and a profit first professional and have a fantastic firm of, of bookkeepers who do so much for your clients and, uh, Kind of tell me, you know, what is your advice to someone who is struggling with their numbers and struggling with the financials and understanding the financial aspect of their business? Yeah. So I would say uh, the, the first piece of advice I would give is go back to basics, right? So it would just be stripping away any and all of the kind of fluff that happens as we go along in our entrepreneurial and our business owner journeys. And let's get go back to the beginning. Let's get back to basics. That's where I would start. I think that is where I start with all the clients that come on board here, many of whom are struggling or starting up, usually one or the other. And we strip away all the fat, all the fluff, and we get back to what was the point? What was the intention behind this beloved business of yours? And and what was the model that you created or had in mind? And let's start there and let's see where it may have gone off course. And from there, we can figure out how to get it back on course. So yeah, it would be back to the beginning because whether you designed a business model in the in the format of a business plan or not, whether you designed one, you didn't, one was created for you. Your business has a model. So we just need to figure out what it is without all the extras on top. Yeah. And really that business model comes down to uh, at least a, a good spreadsheet, right? <laughs> at least. Yeah, at it least. can. I mean, it could literally be... As a matter of fact, I was drawing one out today. This was me drawing. This is, I know it's kind of embarrassing, right? This was me drawing a, a model for somebody. This was actually a small restaurant, just walking through every little facet. Cause a restaurant has lots of, uh, you know, PL line items to it. So we were going through like, what was the model? What did you want to create? And let's see if it works. The numbers have to work. 
Exactly. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I talk to small business owners who, you know, may have been in business for a year, two years, three years. And the first thing I ask them is, okay, well, how much money do you need to make? Like, what is your owner's pay target? And it's like, uh, I don't know. And, and then they usually give me a low ball number and I'm like, yeah, I know where you live. Um, and, and you probably can't live off of that. Um, maybe you, you have a partner or something and, and a dual income household and such, but people are usually pretty unrealistic, uh, about their numbers and such. So what are your suggestions for getting serious about you know, making sure that you do have a solid business model. Maybe you skipped that step. Maybe you just started the business because you loved it. Maybe you did that business model, but it's two, three, four years later and you're just kind of hobbling along. Yeah, because things change. I mean, especially in our last three or four years, a lot has changed, right? So you need to get back to those basics. So when we have clients um, who have come on board within, like, say, the last three years, that's exactly where we start was we kind of look at a big picture of where the money flowed through their business from from where it entered their business, what happens to it almost like kind of like a manufacturer. We follow the dollar bill through this conveyor belt and when it leaves. And we're just notating along the way the journey that that dollar took. So again, like I can't speak enough about simplicity and basics and following what's going on. And then from there, you should be able to spot some of the cracks and, and it's okay. So I think that's another piece that I would start and, and really want to tell to, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs out there is that it may seem like a scary process. So many come with blinders on, admittedly saying, I know I haven't been looking. I don't want to look. I'm scared to see what's there. I would say it's okay either way. Most of the time, we're going to figure out the crack. We're going to find a new way. We're going to shore it up and you're going to be great. And we're going to have a new model moving forward that's clear and concise. And you put in the profit first system, it's going to run like clockwork, right? And if it doesn't work, the model's broken. You want to know that too. And you want to know that sooner or later. So that's kind of what we do in a, in a visual. That's why I had those crude drawings. In a visual format, I really try and connect with my business owners in that way and walk them through the model in a very visual way. And then we'll tag numbers to it later. So, you know, I mean, we, uh, we, we say that, uh, on the podcast repeatedly, you know, you, you don't want to be uh, like an ostrich with your head buried in the sand when it comes to your numbers. You really have to embrace. And, and, and I like to say the phrase, um, you know, when you love your numbers, they love you back. When you hide from your numbers, they're, 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 they're going to be elusive, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so what suggestions do you have for business owners to, you know, besides profit first, which obviously makes understanding the cash in your business very simple. It, uh, you know, really kind of tells you what to do with the cash in your business, um, because of the allocations. But, you know, for, for those who just know things are not going great and tend to want to not face the numbers, how do you warm them up? How, what, what are your suggestions? Let's see. Well, 
if the if the end result is we need them to really take a look at their numbers, then I would probably do it in a more casual, lighter way. So there's actually kind of an exercise written in the book I did for this exact reason for people who are just very get very anxious around numbers. And I get it. And it's probably why we have work, right? Because most people just do not want to work with numbers. So a way to do that would be number one, if you already had a set of projections, maybe you created them years, decades ago, who knows, a budget or a set of projections. Let's bring those out. And then let's figure out where you may have gone off course there. That might be something easy. We could probably put them side by side on a spreadsheet and be like, oh, all right, well, your sales are right. So then where do the expenses go off? Or maybe the sales were completely off, but you didn't adjust the expenses accordingly. So that's where we know. So usually there's kind of an eye-opening aha moment right there. If not, if they don't have a set of projections, which is common, right? Or a budget or a business plan of any kind that kind of went with the flow. Then what I would do is I like, I grab, I ask them to grab a couple of their bank statements. And that's assuming that all, most or all of the activity of the business flew, you know, through, through a bank statement, let's say. And I'll say, let's just grab three months worth. The last three months, print them off. Okay. I know that's old school, but this is me. Print them off. Grab a highlighter. Let's go through and highlight a few things and add them up and kind of see, even from that just simple, visual, colorful with a highlighter exercise, you might notice something that you, would not otherwise notice because you're in the day-to-day, the hustle and bustle, the grind of the business. And what might seem obvious to someone like me looking at from the outside may not be to you. That is a quite common thing we run into. So getting them an exercise of looking, highlighting, maybe adding up, oh, these are sales. Oh, this all belongs in office supplies, whatever it is. You'll uncover a few things. I mean, one of the things that I often find is Amazon, 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 and Am- right? We'll see. And hey, if your business needs a lot of Amazon, Okay, if it fits with your business model. But I mean, if you're buying Amazon because it's easier and you got a bunch of stuff for your home or whatever, that's, I mean, I'm not even saying that might be okay too, but we need to examine that because maybe it's not okay. Maybe it's too much. So things like that you'll find on the simple exercise of taking your head out of the sand a little bit, looking at the actual journey of the money going through your business and just watching it and things will come to light. And you know, it's so important because it's like the snowball effect, you know, if your head's in the sand and you're not looking at the numbers, then, you know, things are just going to escalate and kind of grow and build. And then you, then you really lose track of things and such. So uh, I think this is a great suggestion. Like if you have not looked at your, your bank statements, your credit card statements, um, any kind of statements that you get, and and like Casey recommends, you know, look at it like for the last three months or the last quarter, whatever makes sense. Um, yeah. And and again, go through and highlight with the different colors and such. And that is a great first step to really kind of understanding what's going on. Because remember, people, remember. I mean, I sh- I shouldn't even have to repeat this because I've said it probably a million times already um, in all of our episodes. But there's only two ways to increase profitability. Number one, increase increase margin, and number two, decrease expenses. So when you start looking at your expenses and where the money's going in your business, you know that's where you can start catching opportunities to increase profitability by realizing that these expenses are too high. And this is what is you know, not helping us maximize our profitability. So that's a great super exercise. You talked also to... You mentioned about forecasts. 
And, uh, mm. you know, ideally, when you start a business, you do have a forecast, you have like, a sense of, okay, this is what um, this is what we need to sell. This is how much we need to sell. This is how much we're going to sell it for. And this is how much um, we need to sell uh, per day, per week, per month, per year, uh, to you know, make this work, make it profitable, make it uh, sustainable and, and see it grow and such. Uh, and, and that is so important to also dust off um, just because you did it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. You know, it's time to up the ante now. Uh, if you haven't adjusted your forecast because you haven't raised prices, oh dear, oh my, um, remember... Increasing margin increases profitability. And, uh, you know, no one should have gone at, you know, the last two or three years without, without raising prices. And so again, when you raise prices, that should adjust your, your forecasts and such. And then I, you know, challenging too is to, um, is 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 to kind of like keep raising the bar. So, you know, you want those sales to grow year over year over year. Do you want them to grow by 10, 15, 20%? Again, it it calls for reforecasting. What are what are your thoughts on on reforecasting and forecasting in general? Yeah, that's that's such a great point to bring up and it reminds me something that we've seen quite a bit lately and you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, the, you know, government really did step up in a lot of ways for a lot, almost every industry in some way, right? And, and made funding available that was never available before to small businesses. So some of the things that we're finding is they were able to get pretty decent sized chunks of money, whether in the form of a low interest loan or grants or a combination of both. We're seeing that with all of our clients. And because it's not something they were used to having, I think they kind of maybe let go of the business model or, or margins in general at some point because they're like, whoa, yeah, look at all this money. But now all that money is dwindled or is gone by now. But if you have the idle loan, you might be stuck with a loan payment or whatnot if any of these were loans and not grants. And now they're trying to figure out, oh my God, I, I owe what every month? And how am I going to pay this back? Now we're coming back to the business model again. So what should happen when you incur debt of any kind in a business. And I have a whole chapter dedicated to debt on this because it's a real life thing, especially in small business restaurants, right? Is that it's a necessary evil. I mean, it's not great, right? It's never great to have debt. And Profit First is a big proponent of, of getting out of debt. Of course, I love it. I wish that to be the case. It's not always going to be the case for everyone. And restaurants do have debt. But the thing is, you can make it your friend if you have a plan for it. So here's the plan, right? Well, how do you service debt? How do you pay off debt? Profit is the only way to pay debt, right? There's no other way to pay debt except for more debt. So if you know that you now have this larger than life loan payment due every month, and the only way you can service this is out of profit, then you really need to be looking at that business model and maximizing it to be as profitable as possible so that you can now service this new loan payment that you may have never had before because nobody would ever lend you money before. So that's really what's bringing, I think, this whole business model talk to life and why I dedicated a whole chapter, even though I will say my editor at first didn't get it. Why Why are you putting this in there? And she didn't get it. And then I, I kind of explained it to her. And then now she's all about it. And now she gets it. And she actually kind of implemented some of it in her business because of that. So it's, it's understanding that if you have debt, it's okay. 
but have a plan to pay it back. And how are you going to pay it back? Well, it's going to be through profit. So how are you going to make profit? Okay, well then let's look at the model. Let's look at how you make money and and how much it costs you to make that money. And the end result is going to be profit. And from that profit, you're going to serve as debt. And so it's kind of those three components that really need to be looked at and addressed. And if you're one of those businesses, and there are many that receive so much funding, a lot of it has to be paid back. And that's all coming to light now. And you're struggling to pay it because you're not paying it out of profit. You're paying it out of operating expenses. Well, now you don't have enough money you don't have enough to pay your operating expenses. So now you're going to incur more debt to cover what you couldn't pay in operating. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So again, strip it all away. Let's get back to the simple facts. How much money do you need to make? What's it going to cost you? Where's the profit? And, you know, um, because you're servicing the debt uh, with it, out of operating expenses on a monthly basis, um, but that's just making the minimum monthly payments. And do you really want to be making the minimum payments for from here to eternity. No, let's get that 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 debt off of our balance sheet. And so, you know, profit first is if you have business debt at the end of each quarter, uh, you are going to take what is like 98% of the balance in your profit hold account and you are going to throw it at that debt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that was probably one of the biggest things that, that changed the course for uh, our construction material supply business. We had a line of credit and we'd had it for a long time and, and, um, it, and had used it and were servicing it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was with profit first that, I mean, and, and to be honest, like we had had it for, embarrassingly too long. Um, but then when we implemented profit first, it was like gone in two quarters and it was like, Oh my gosh, that was easy. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to have a plan for it, but I think you also really made a great point that, um, you know, again, pulling your head out of the sand a little bit, maybe things haven't been so uncomfortable because you've had some extra cushion and you've had some cash infusions into your business that are likely never going to happen again. Correct. Um, you know, if you got, and, and, and again, you know, some of that money is considered grants. It's, it was free money. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you got the employee retention credits, I mean, that was a significant amount for a lot of businesses, especially the more employees you had, the more money that you got. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, that really needs to be taken into account as well. So when you do go back and look at, at you know your your prior years um, of, of of what you've been doing, and you're looking at forecasting going forward. You might want to like kind of take out that money. Like, how much did that money? Oh yeah help you, save you, give you some profitability, um, you know, and 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 cover for maybe. Uh, too high of expenses in general and not enough revenue coming in. So excellent, excellent point um, that I think is so timely now that all of that money is, is, is drying up. Yep. Dried up. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so to that point, when we, um, when we work with clients and they received any of that money, so we make sure that we uh, categorize it as an other income. So in QuickBooks anyway, and probably most accounting softwares, it drops to the bottom, right? So you have your real income and your cost of goods sold maybe and all your expenses. Then you would have other income, other expense way at the bottom. So that way they can truly see their net income before we factor in all the free money they may, or, they may have gotten if it's a grant, right? Obviously a loan's a balance sheet item. So we do it that way. So that way we can see. And that's been a recurring conversation I've been having with some of our clients is, listen, 
you're, you're, you're lose this business is losing money and you're not feeling it because you just got flushed with the ERC last month. And I get it. And good for you that, you know, you're not feeling it. But if that money wasn't there, this is what we'd be feeling right now. So it's a nice visual and it's, it's important to have your finance, your finances set up in a way that you can understand them enough enough to really kind of figure out the whole story going on in your business. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. A little commercial here for our fellow profit first professional accountants and bookkeepers like your firm spark business consulting is, you know, when you work a, a lot of bookkeepers and a lot of accountants are, you know, putting things in the right boxes to make you compliant and to just, you know, help you check off the box and be able to file your taxes at the end of the year. Uh, You know, a profit first professional. And when you implement profit first and you work with a certified, certified profit first professional accountant, bookkeeper or coach, your books are going to be set up in a fashion that is going to be easier and better for you to understand. You're going to get consultative um, understanding of of your books and they're going to do things in a strategic and logical fashion so that uh, things are very clear and very transparent to you. Um, because I've seen a lot of, 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 of uh, income statements and balance sheets of people who, you know, kind of the before <laughs> they work with, with a profit first professional. Yeah. And so to be honest, you know, what you're talking about, of course, best practice absolutely should be done. And, and if your books don't reflect that and you did get that money and it's not clear where that income and how it was booked and how it impacts, um, your, your, your total income statement, you know, that, that's kind of a red flag in terms of oh, who yeah. you're working with presently and such. And, 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 you know, we're encouraging you and we're saying absolutely you have to pull your head out of the sand. Um, you know, 83% of businesses are operating check to check because, they literally have the head in, their head in the sand. They just really don't have a good understanding of their financials, the cash in their business, etc. So we want to get you to that seventeen percent side. Just pluck that head out of the sand and you know yep. really embrace your numbers. Um, start loving your numbers, and and they'll love you back. So yep. I want to talk about the book. Um, I do want to just say that uh, a couple things about the book. We have a super duper special uh, surprise uh, is that uh, Mike Michalowicz, uh has interviewed Casey uh, on her book, Profit First for Restaurants. So there is a special episode that is dropping on June 29th. Uh, and, and, and Mike's going to take over the microphone and the camera because now we have uh the the YouTube version and video version of all of these podcast episodes. And so Mike and Casey deep dive into Profit First for Restaurants. But I just want to say we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit um about Profit First for Restaurants. But but Casey, I mean you don't just specialize in restaurants. You you have a unique background. You have you know lots of years of experience in every aspects of re- aspect of, of running a restaurant. You've owned restaurants, you've sold restaurants. Um, um, but you know, uh, there, and I was on a, a book reading that you did last night, a little preview of your book. And it was, uh, great because there were, I don't, there were, 
I don't think there are re- many restaurant owners um, on that that special reading, no. but there was so much value. So, you know, the book, even if you aren't a restaurateur, uh, the book has a lot of of great just business sense and and ideas because the book isn't just profit first for restaurants. I mean, that's the title and there are chapters dedicated to that. But uh, you talk about marketing, you talk about so mm-hmm. many different things that apply to all businesses. Uh, and you are quite the the marketing wonder woman. Uh, so why don't you uh, share... And, and actually, you were featured in Get Different um, as well, yeah. right? With your, mm-hmm. with your marketing genius. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we touch a little bit um, on marketing and, and, and what you touch on in the book with regards to marketing? Yeah. So I wanted to add, as much as the book is for restaurateurs, you know, struggling current restaurant and current restaurateurs, um, there's so much more to it than just the numbers. And I know that my, you know, my reader would not just pick up a book about numbers, right? Restaurant people not normally are not numbers. So there had to be more. And I wanted to make it really well rounded. So there's a chapter about business modeling, which is what we were talking about before, really honing in on that. And then there's a chapter about marketing, a chapter about culture. Those are kind of extras. So the marketing piece, which really, like you just said, could translate into any other business that has customers, really, it I talk about a story. Uh, it's a true story. It's the one that it's in Get Different. And it's about a marketing tactic that we tried in uh, one of my restaurants years and years ago. And it was when we were really desperate for sales. And the whole, the whole story about what happened is in the book. But um, the bottom line is I reached out to this restaurant marketing systems. And the guy that owned his name is Rory Fat. He's still around today. I think he just does consulting now. And I ended up buying these binders and binders of display ads that you can kind of just copy and paste your logo in them if you wanted. They're crazy, crazy ads um, that really were going to get people's attention. But for the one piece, and I tried all kinds of different ones, but the one thing that really stood out was the birthday promotion, right? Because when you think of restaurants, you might think of birthdays or vice versa. You think of birthdays, you think of restaurants, right? You want to go out to dinner for your birthday, let's say. So it's a good promotion to do. But at the time, and this was, you know, 2008, 2009, I think it was. No, I'm sorry. This was actually early. This was 2004, 2005. At the time, Email marketing was really taking off. And so spam emails were everywhere. So you were, we did some of that, but I mean, you were just lost in an amount of spam emails that were happening at the time. So, but what wasn't going on was direct mail. So this one piece of advice that we got from Rory Fat was just on your typical eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper in your office printer, you could create a happy birthday promotion and you could say anything you want. You could do any promotion you want. You know, so we did free dessert one month, you know, buy one, get one free the next. And then I did like a $25 off, no questions asked, no small print on another month. And inside, you know, fold up the paper inside, you put a birthday candle and then you would just put it in a regular size envelope and with a stamp. You only need the regular stamp and then you send it out to your customers that had birthdays. So there's more that goes into it. Like we collected birthdays and anniversaries using comment cards. So that whole system's in the book as well. Um, and then I have different samples of what you could do for these um, for these different types of promotions. The birthday candle created the sense of intrigue in the envelope, right? So if you're going out to your mailbox and you're opening it up and you're grabbing a bunch, if you feel something kind of hard, you're going to be like, what is this? Like you're going to open it. Without that, you may or may not open it, right? Because you think, oh, maybe it's just a menu or something dumb. So you're not going to open it. So that created intrigue. 
Fun fact, in the summertime here in New England, maybe don't do the candles. <laughs> like, like there was one month we did them. I didn't think about this yet. And they would came out like melted, like the guy from Laters of the Lost Ark, Lost Ark with his face melted. It was like that. It was awful. So, so we so we exchanged it for a bunch of balloons, right? So you go to the dollar store, buy a bag of balloons. I put two or three balloons in there. So you still kind of have that sense of intrigue in the envelope. And then you create the offer that you want. And so people would get it in the mail and they'd have to bring the letter in back with the restaurant. So then the server would collect it and they would attach it at the end of the night to their work, to their, you know, checkout paperwork so that we could then track, we could track exactly how this promotion was working or not working. So this was fascinating. Every month I could not wait to try a different promotion to see what worked. And believe it or not, of course, the 20, I think it was 20 or $25 off, no questions asked. Now, my business partners thought I was insane. They were against it. Think They just thought that everyone that received it, and let's face it, maybe I sent out maybe 300 If everyone came in and only spent the $20, we'd be broke, is what they thought. But what are the chances that people are just going to come in and only spend the 20 I think Honestly, I think it happened once. I think it did. Some guy came in, sat at the bar, ordered something on the menu that was like $19 and left. So yeah, okay, so it happened once. But... After I measured all the other ones that came in, I think with that, that one promotion brought in $8,000 in wow. one month with our taking a discount. I mean, it was, it was tremendous. And I don't think it was necessarily about the dollar amount off. It was just recognizing to the guest that we see you. We want to wish you a happy birthday. We don't want to, you know, give you some little tiny stupid dessert or whatever. Like we value you. And here you go. I also did it in a very slow summer month for us. So there was some, you know, there was something in it for us, but it brought out so many people and they came back and it was just, I couldn't believe how well it worked. So that's what we kept doing month after month. And it was so cheap to do. I mean, really the cost of a stamp, a piece of paper, some ink from your printer and an envelope costs yeah. like literally like a, a buck cost a buck yeah well and now yeah. um and and you know or or go to trader joe's and buy a 99 cent card or, or go to the dollar tree and 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 include it yes. in that way and stuff because i can't tell you like you know you're saying lumpy mail something something that's tangible something that's interesting in the mail you were so sweet and kind and and sent sent me a sugar wish and and i wish i would have videoed it but my, when my daughter opened up the box the squeal that she made was just adorable <laughs> and then i was going through my mail and i got you know just a a, a sweet thank you card from a friend who stayed at our house um, a, a week ago and such. And it just was like, wow, that just that just made my day. And so you're making someone's day when you're seeing them and yeah. acknowledging them and wishing them a happy birthday. And, you know, everyone does kind of still want to feel special on their birthday, even if they're turning they 45, 50, 60, whatever. So yes, they do. Yeah, that's a great idea. So um, and I'm so excited that uh, that that you and Mike have recorded this amazing episode, special episode, and diving mm -hmm. deep into uh, the book, Profit First for Restaurants, which is out now. So make sure that you tune into that bonus episode. And even if you don't own a restaurant, I mean, there is a, a lot of gems that uh, are dropped in that episode as well. So thank you so much, Casey, for joining us. And to all of our friends here at Profit First Nation, our entrepreneurial friends. Cheers to another profitable day. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the Profit First Nation podcast. We hope you found today's episode valuable and that it's inspired you to take action towards achieving permanent profitability in your business. If you want to learn more about how to implement Profit First in your business and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, 
Be sure to visit us at ProfitFirstNation.com to download our how-to guides and resources. Remember, permanent profitability is within your reach, and we're here to support you every step of the way. So let's do Profit First right together. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and videos are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.